Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter, it's season 2, it's episode 19, it is the Summer Sports Weekly Wrap. Well, it's more so turned into an Autumn and Winter Sports Weekly Wrap, because we've only got two teams currently playing in their competitions, and of course I'm talking about the West Coast Fever and the Western Force. However, this episode we do have some news about the Perth Glory, and also the Western Warriors, so we'll get to them in due course. But of course, and if you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. But without any further ado, we're going to start off our winter and autumn sports wrap-up with a team that we start off with most weeks because they're absolutely rolling. And we're going to get into them now, and of course I'm talking about the West Coast Fever. The pass is Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. an exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Drains a super shot, and it's eight. Why, yes, they are rolling on handsomely and lovely. Just quickly going back to that game against the Magpies, um, it was just a right, uh, a last right tussle. Um, it was a come-from-behind victory against the Magpies. They had to score seven of the final ten goals to pull themselves back into the contest, and it was largely due to some super shot shooting in the fourth quarter by Sasha Glasgow. But enough about that. Nice win last week, a great win. Nice comeback from behind, if you don't mind. Uh, gee, they're just rolling the West Coast fever. Uh, they got another win against the Sunshine Coast Lightning in an away game. It was really a huge second quarter that really put a dent and a difference in the game. Uh, they put on 22 goals, but most importantly, they actually restricted the Lightning to 11. Um, they just shot the lights out, the West Coast fever. They shot at 97%. Versus the Sunshine Coast, 85%. And the Sunshine Coast only got 58%, 7 of 12 from the super shot. So it just wasn't their night in regards to hitting big shots. On the defensive end, the West Coast Fever had four more gains and eight more deflections. Janelle Fowler, she shot at 100% for one-pointers. Emma Kosh, she played a great game as well. She had 20 assists and 21 feeds. Courtney Bruce... Just wow, what else can you say about her? Nine gains, five interceptions, and double-digit ten deflections. She's unreal. And this was all without preferred mid-quarter Jess answers too due to a mystery foot injury. So fingers crossed she can come back in due course, and they might need her because uh, they're actually next playing joint top of the table in the Melbourne Vixens on Tuesday. So yes, tomorrow evening at RAC Arena, RAC Arena, we can only hope that the Green Army uh, come out in droves. I know it's a school night uh, and it's a week night, but fingers crossed we can get some good numbers there. Lord knows why they uh, made it on a Tuesday, but uh, hey, all we can do is roll with what's in front of us. It's going to be a great test. Uh, they did lose to the Vixens early in the season when they did play them, so it's going to be great to see how they've turned around, um, if they have turned around, because obviously they've, they've, uh, they have uh, just been on a remarkable winning run, and they're playing sensational netball at the moment. 
team netball. But of course, it does help having uh, you know your your GK for the for the Australian Diamonds and Courtney Bruce, and uh, one of the most dominant shooters that uh, that we've seen in some court super netball. And of course, we're talking about Janelle Fowler. So we're looking forward to touching base with you next week, ladies. Doing everything that you should be doing, and all you can do really, which is uh beat your opposition week in week out, and see what presents next week. So West Coast Fever, good luck tomorrow night. Going to be a great uh, bearing and understanding of where you sit in the pecking order. Uh, we know that your head and shoulders above third down to last, but where are you in regards to the Melbourne Vixens? All right, keen, keen excited to see how it all plays out, and we'll dissect it all next week. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. They've won all three trophies. Yes, I know that cricket season has finished, but what I did say is that I will touch base with you if there are any signings and those kinds of details that do tend to happen in the off-season. So speaking of the Western Warriors, um, Sean Marsh, he's actually going to play on for an extraordinary 22nd season of domestic cricket, but he's probably going to be asked to sit out the 50 over games, but he will be playing most of the Sheffield Shield games. So the veteran batsman who made his Shield debut, Shield debut as a 17-year-old and had to wait more than two decades for his title last season, has said that he was always keen to continue and has resisted the, tem- the temptation to go out on top. Marsh, who, of course, uh, he'll remain with Melbourne Renegades of the Big Bash League. Um, you know, we we sort of have picked up from Adam Voges that he probably won't play too much uh, one-dayers in regards to the ODI and the Marsh Cup series, but he will be playing a lot of, uh, you know, the Sheffield Shield competition. Also on the signing front, WA retained wicketkeeper batsman Josh Philippi by signing him to a new two-year deal for the Western Warriors. While teenage prodigy Teague Wiley was given a full contract, he's one of Bat Banter's boys. So we're very happy to see him that after being part of the Shield final winning team only as a 17-year-old. Also, left-arm paceman Liam Guthrie, who's 25, was the only contracted player from last season, unfortunately, to miss out. Promising all-rounder Aaron Hardy, he has been chosen for the upcoming Australia A tour of Sri Lanka. He received a new three-year deal. Batsman Hilton Cartwright and bowlers Lance Morris and Corey Rocciccioli have uh, new two-year deals. And Charlie Stobo, the former New South Wales quick who made an appearance for WA in the Marsh Cup in March, he was also signed. So, and uh, Voge's reasoning for that was he said that the addition of uh, the university, Stobo. He would ensure fast bowling depth of the four-day competition. And he's got that ability to be a really consistent performer and you know what you're going to get from him. Uh, fixtures for the upcoming domestic season are yet to be released. Um, and Adam Vaux just said that he was uh, hopeful of a normal summer after two seasons heavily affected by COVID border restrictions. So yes, that's it. Um, so let's just quickly go through the squad. Um, so the WA squad for 2022-2023, Ashton Agar, um, Cameron Bancroft, Jason Berendorf, Hilton Cartwright, Sam Fanning, Cameron Gannon, Cam Green, 
Aaron Hardy, Josh Inglis, Bryce Jackson, Matt Kelly, Mitch Marsh, Sean Marsh, David Moody, Lance Morris, Joel Paris, Josh Philippi, Jai Richardson, Corey Rocciccioli, Darcy Short, Charlie Stobo, Marcus Stoinis, Ashton Turner, Sam Whiteman, and Teague Wiley. So lots and lots of talent in that squad. Uh, the rookies are Jaden Goodwin, Cooper Connolly, uh, Coop Conley, who we spoke with and of quite a bit, Sam Greer and Hamish McKenzie. Of course, your Cricket Australia contracts within there are Ashton Agar, Cam Green, Josh Inglis, Mitch Marsh, and Marcus Stoinis. So, very, very uh, talented, uh, rich, and depth, uh, you know, lots and lots of depth there, which is fantastic to have for Adam Voges at his disposal. So yes, that's it for the Western Warriors. Just a quick touch base to let you know that Sean Marsh, the great man, um, you know, the 60-year-old veteran, he is going on for at least one more season in regards to the Marsh-Sheffield Shield. Uh, probably take a bit of a backseat with the one-dayers, but uh, great news for the Western Warriors and great news for WA Cricket. So until we get some more information on signings and maybe how the Big Bash will look, we will leave the Western Warriors once again for now. Stowers, Stowers giving it to Ralston, and Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted, and it is play on, and Brikey gets so it down to really McGregor. going into, uh, you know, the, the game of the week, uh, the force, they had destiny in their own hands. Um, it was a must-win four games. So win those games and finals would pretty much be at your doorstep and, you know, there for the taking. But they'd really, excuse me, they did not get get uh, get that four-game stretch off to the way that they wanted it to. And, of course, we know that we're heading into the Super Rugby Super Rugby Pacific version of the competition where uh, they're playing all the New Zealand teams, both home and away. Uh, the Force, the Highlanders, and the Rebels, they're all chasing the one spot. And it was a night to forget for the Western Force and easily their worst performance of the season. They got absolutely destroyed in a 61 to 10 pounding from the Highlanders. They were down 28 to 5 after 23 minutes and conceded 9 tries to 2. Um, the Force, they had 17 more total runs. And whilst it was only slight, the Force had 51% possession. Of course, for those of you playing at home, and you know how much we'd like to carry the one here at Bat Banter, that would be 49% possession for uh, you know the Highlanders, which is really interesting, the fact that they had 51% possession of the ball, yet got beaten by 51 points. Very unusual. Uh, the fourth, they also had tw 23 more rucks won, and the lineouts won. They were actually even. So it's quite unusual as to how it was such a bloodbath. The key stat, however, was probably this. Uh, the Hurricanes, they had 210 uh, more metres run in, and that did all the damage alongside seven clean breaks. So it's it's not just the fact of how they lost, but in the context of their season, it's a huge loss. It leaves them eight points outside the top eight with three games left. Of course, they've got that makeup game with Moana Pacifica, um, which may give them a slight little advantage on other teams, but losing to a fellow contender who's looking for that spot and the way that they lost, it, 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 of course, it's just not the best look at all. So we can only hope that, uh, you know, the Western Force, they bounce back, even if it's not a win, just to, you know, uh, have a better, better standard and a better bearing of competition. But yeah, as I said, the stats, they sort of lie a little bit because... 
you know, either winning a lot of those stats or being close in it, um, it's sort of unusual how you go down um, as badly as you did. But I guess it really all comes to being clinical with the ball, being creative and making the most of it. So Western Force, uh, you know what we say here at Bat Banter. We're looking forward to touching base with you next week. And the challenge, well, it's over to you. And just the last a bit of information, so yes, we're talking Perth Glory, but I guess it ties into the Western Force as well. Um, so Perth Glory and Western Force home games will actually be thrown into chaos when clubs are kicked out of HBF Park for several weeks next season. Uh, the move could be a financial disaster for them, with two concerts and then stadium upgrades for the Women's World Cup in July forcing them out. Optus Stadium is the only realistic option, but the clubs are likely to to demand compensation from the state government if forced to use more expensive venues. Uh, Work on the $35 million HBF Park upgrade, uh, bringing it into line with the FIFA requirements, uh, of course, for the World Cup, which is coming up in July, uh, is due to start at the end of the year. So, yep, just a slight little bit of news, and I thought it was important to keep you in the loop, keep you posted, and that's something that is going to be happening next year. But I guess the way around it is that is just that during that little patch, um, they'll probably have to play quite a few away games, but there'll be stretches either before or after, um, which will allow them to have, you know, patches of home games too. So, you know... As, as always about Banner, we try to keep you posted about the big information, the information that's going to affect you, the listener, and you, the ticket holder of either the Western Force or the Perth Glory. So enough about the Glory's off-field matters. Of course, when we do have any signings, as we have done and or will be doing uh, with the Western Warriors, we'll keep you posted, and hopefully we can find out some news uh, you know, in the coming weeks about the coaching situation at the Glory as well. But for now, at the Glory, we are out. All right, that's it. We're done. We're dusted. We're out for now. So thank you so much. If you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review. You can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much, and we look forward to touching touching base with you and all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene next week. From everyone here at Bat Banter, we're out for now.